were introduced to Christianity, but it was crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like the people that are canning beans and going hiding in the mountains. They <laughs> we were... burned TVs and clothes and anything that wasn't holy. So oh I, I chased, I, I will always, my mom always chased churches and I ran. You are in the middle of a supernatural transaction. You are smack dab in the middle of a divine transaction that is revolutionizing the dimension and the caliber of your life forever. Welcome to Miracles Today with my special guest, Dana. Thank you, darling, for joining us on Miracles Today. And I want to go straight to the root of the problem. Um, in your story, uh, I read where you were child molested. And what age was that at? At five. At five years old. And, mm -hmm. and in your story, you, you said that it was a member of the family. Can you explain that to me? It was... Um, you don't have to tell me who. Okay. Because I know that okay. that's, you know... It was someone really close. Okay. I stayed in their house. Okay. And so you're five years old, and, and why didn't you feel like you could tell anybody? Because it was so close, and the other part of their, their actually spouse, I knew, wouldn't ever believe me. Well, you're a baby. You're five years old, and you already know this? Yes. Because at that age, I didn't think anyone would believe me. Because I was only five, children make up stories. <laughs> right, right. And you, and you did. I mean, did he tell you that nobody's going to believe you? Don't say anything, or did he you would tell me to be quiet, to keep quiet, keep quiet. Yeah, it was always keep quiet, keep, keep quiet. quiet, keep quiet. Because I would try and make noise, and he would put his hands over my mouth, so I would keep quiet. Because there was always other people in the house. And then that led you into um, the the drug scene. Yes. Now tell me about that. I would go to clubs because that I would try and get something other than just normal life to keep me occupied, to clear my mind. Um, we would go to clubs almost every night along with working 50 hours a week. I would go to clubs and it was normal. No one ever knew that I had problems. And so you were, you were also raised in church. Yes. My mom it was like um, changing clothes. We hopped from church to church, and whenever I finally went to school at a Christian church, um, it was a, a Christian-based school, um, we burned everything. <laughs> we burned our pants, and we burned, but I was saved um, and baptized. So what, you mean this Christian, or this Christian place where you went, they were, they were, like, they were really religious. <laughs> they were crazy. Yes, they we were... burned TVs and clothes and anything that wasn't holy. So oh I, I chased, I, I will always, my mom always chased churches and I ran. My so I, I wouldn't go to a church. So you couldn't find help or truth anywhere? No. Now tell me about these club things where they, you said that they would carry a backpack around? They would come in, guys would come in with backpacks to um, basically get the chicks high enough to take them home. And um, they would open their backpack and, 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 and serve ecstasy, basically like a drink as many as you wanted, not, not saying anything, just, oh, take this, it'll make you feel good. And then once I got on it, I was addicted. I, I, um, it was like a drink. 
I would take one and not get high, so I would take two. And, and there was, um, you know, several times I would mix it with alcohol and then drive home. So you're, so you're a child molested at five years old, mm -hmm. you can't tell anyone, and then that leads you into, you know, um, a lifestyle of running, right? You, you, were, you, were, you were introduced to Christianity, but it was crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like the people that are canning beans and going hiding in the mountains <laughs> and you know, waiting for the rapture, right? It wasn't right. reality Christian right. television. <laughs> right. <laughs> like what we're on right now. And, and, then, and then you got involved very heavily in the drug scene. Yes. And this is all to escape the guilt of the molestation of, 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 of a small child who's trapped and can't say anything. Right. Well, we're going to take a small, a small short break right now and, and uh, come back and hear more of Dana's story. We're back with Dana, and, and, and when we left, of course, we were in a, a very heavy part of, of your story where um, you'd been addicted to drugs and, and, and uh, um, alcohol and molested and all these horrible things had happened right. to you, and there was really no answer for you. So now tell me, when did you meet Dr. Harfouche? I met him in 99. Yeah. And my mom, they were actually at um, Rockwall, in Rockwall, Texas. So you met, you actually met Doc in Texas. Uh -huh. That's okay. where I'm from. Yeah. And whenever you're I... You're from Texas? Yes, I'm from you Texas. You sound like you're from Texas. <laughs> I lost the accent four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound like you're from Texas. I, I, uh, my mom took me to church. Yeah. And in um, Christian City Church, I believe yeah, it was yeah. then. Yeah. And I met you and Doc. And when I saw you guys, I saw the love of God and the power of God like I'd never seen. Y'all stayed for two or three weeks, yeah. and I went basically every night. My and um, one night, Doc said, there's people here who are addicted, and I was addicted to everything. And so Doc called us up, uh, you know, everybody who was addicted. And when we went up, um, he said, lay it all down. And I, it was, of course, you know, the religious. I laid my cigarettes down, but there was other stuff. I laid down as well, and and then he um, came by and laid hands on me. And when I went to work the next day, everybody noticed right away that something was different, that I was different, and I didn't know myself. I mean, I had no idea the change that had happened on me instantly when I left. So, in in one night, mm -hmm. and and how old were you before that? I, um, I think I was twenty-three. Okay. Yeah. So, 23 years mm -hmm. of hell. Of hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then in one night, you find Jesus. Mm -hmm. And with one prayer and with one touch, your whole life turns around. Now, how did you end up being an International <laughs> Miracle Institute student? I came to the um, Men and Women's Conference and saw more of what, what I wanted the reality well, of what, Christianity. What, what did you see that you liked? I mean, because, you know, there's churches everywhere. They're on every corner. Right? <laughs> the, the love of God on the people when I came, because I came with my parents and my family, but it was, we were dysfunctional. <laughs> yes. And when I came, it was more of a family unity here. Yes. And I didn't know anybody, yes. but it was, I, I felt so welcome. Yes. 
So, so you're delivered, you're set free, and now you want to study the Word of God and, and become a Bible student. Mm -hmm. Can you tell the millions of people that are watching right now, out of your heart, what you're feeling? I was dramatically changed. I forgave the person who molested me. Um, they came to me and asked me for forgiveness. I am totally free, and it can happen for you. Your life can change, as mine did. It's powerful. It's the Word. You live and breathe the Word, and you'll never be the same. <laughs> well, listen, right now we're going to go and we're going to listen to God's prophet of performance, Dr. Christian Harfouche, and hear more great teaching and preaching about victorious living. church came into being through watchmen that were on the wall seeing through the Holy Ghost witness of the resurrection and the life of Christ reminding them what he said showing them things to come and leading them into all truth so that he would make what all men see let me ask you this do all men see yet how many believe there's a remnant in the body of Christ coming to the full measure? Yes. How many believe, how many believe prophetic word of greater works than these yes. must come to pass? Yes. Yes. <laughs> how many are glad you're called to that? Yes. The, the, the watchman on the wall is um, in verse 6 and 7. Uh, but let's look at Isaiah 62, 1. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. God is talking. I'm not going to stop talking. I'm not going to be quiet. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. In other words, I'll keep my word working. Why? Because it, it works. Until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as the lamp that burns. And the Gentiles will see your righteousness. In other words, the heathen will see your righteousness. And all kings, your glory. And thou shalt be called by a new name, uh, which the mouth of the Lord shall, what? Name. name. My God. A new name. What do you think that new name is? My God. I'm, I'm not even going to go there. I'm called by a new name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Now, if you notice, uh, everything, all truth is what? So whatever God says to Zion, He's not just talking to the nation of Israel. You jump over to the writer to the Hebrews, He's also talking to spiritual Zion. When He's talking to Jerusalem, He's not just talking to the city of Jerusalem. He's talking to the heavenly Jerusalem. He's talking to the spiritual Jerusalem, which is you and I. Yeah. All you have to do is go to the book of Hebrews and read, the, and, and you'll see the full description. So when God says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the what? Lord has risen upon you. Who is the Lord? Jesus. What's His name? Jesus. So He's saying, Now arise and shine, 
Because His glory came to you. Well, Christ in you, the hope of what? Glory. He said the heathen will see your what? Glory. And will what? Watch this. And, 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 and. Uh, I'm not stuttering. I'm just. Whew. Uh, they'll see your righteousness. You see that? All right. Now watch this watchman. Verse 6. I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem. I want to stop here. Every earthly city, as we mentioned before, had, had to have watchmen on its walls in order to keep it guarded. Now when you are talking about a spiritual city, I want you to envision a watchman. What's it? He up there doing. Shout that word. And then, doesn't the watchman report what he sees? So his job is to tell everybody what he's seeing while he's on his watch. So he's on his watch. And he's watching and praying. And then he's letting everybody in the spiritual city know what he's seeing when he's on his So that they can know what he's seeing. So that they can see what he's seeing by faith. Because the people trust the watchman. Are you listening to me? Just lay her down nicely. She's fine. Don't, yeah. It's okay. It's just the power of God. Before this night is over, who knows what's going to happen. I'm going to stop when the Lord tells me to, but I just, there's an anointing on me tonight. Are you here? Can you feel this anointing? It's not on me for me. It's on me for us. Well, what kind of watchmen did you put on our walls, God? Because he said, I have set watchmen upon your walls. What kind? Well, they're the kind that will never stop talking. They'll never hold their peace day or night. See, that doesn't make sense. And it goes on to say, it says, and, 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 and um, day nor night, you that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence and give him no rest till he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Look at me. A natural city now, natural city in those days. Do you think the people want watchmen on their walls? No, no, you didn't hear the rest of the question. Do you think they want watchmen on their walls that won't ever be quiet day or night? Doesn't make sense. People don't, the city doesn't elect watchmen to just keep 
yelling day and night. They want watchmen that'll let them sleep. Give them some rest. Only tell us when there's trouble. Therefore, we deduce by logic and spiritual insight that God's not talking about a natural city. Neither is he talking about a watchman that's looking out for the enemy. He's talking about a watchman that can see with the eyes of prophetic accuracy and will not stop decreeing what he's saying day or night because the people hear the word and they rest in the word. They hear the blessing. They hear the covenant. They hear the healing. They hear the health. They hear the wealth. They hear the abundance. They hear that the yoke is broken. They hear the devil is defeated. They hear, my God, they hear. And day and night, the watchmen of the Lord are speaking into your heart and into your life. The Holy Ghost is the greatest watchman. Sapro tekele banan It's the greatest watchman. I love it when the Holy Ghost is telling me what's going on. I don't know about you. How many of you know what's going on? How many of you know, how many of you really know that tonight, this night, you are in the middle of a supernatural transaction? are smack dab in the middle of a divine transaction that is revolutionizing the dimension and the caliber of your life forever. Tonight, tonight, glory to God, tonight. Welcome back to Miracles Today. And I was, I was just so touched, sweetheart, by that, that tender, tender testimony at the beginning of today's program. I mean, what God has done for Dana is just such a miracle. Well, you know what never ceases to amaze me, uh, Robin, is that the power of God with one encounter can instantly transform someone's life and erase literally a history of abuse and a history of addiction. We know that to be the truth because we know that the anointing or uh, the spirit uh, of God breaks or destroys the yoke of bondage. We know that uh, everyone, ourselves included, has experienced a deliverance and a life change by accepting the Lord into our heart. But what is uh, an awesome treasure is to discover that someone can be changed in a moment like we've seen in the life of Dana, being touched in our uh, Dallas crusade. Uh, a new beginning started, and yet she became so... Uh, called by God that she could not do without um, the International Miracle Institute. And the course on identity, in my opinion, is literally uh, one of the most powerful 
courses, the teaching on uh, your uh, new creation identity. Uh, the Bible says we're new creature. All things are passed away and all things are become new and all things are of God, which literally means that now that we're new creatures, we must discover who we are. And so we find out who we are from God's perspective. You discover that the things that happened to you as a child, if they were negative things, the things that happened to you as a teenager that you did, if they were things that caused shame, uh, the life you lived, uh, even if it was good, uh, you lived it on a natural level. Now you have become a different person through the miracle of salvation. Now the limits are taken off of you. You discover that there's a new man of the heart. You discover that this man is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. You discover that this man has been granted authority and dominion over the circumstances of life, over the situations of life, over infirmities and maladies and diseases and afflictions. And when I look at someone um, like our, our guest today and hear that testimony and see how in a few short years her life has not only dramatically changed, but she is now in a place of success, married, happy, joyful, fulfilled. I cannot help but thank God for His truth and for the power of His Word. It never fails. You know, it's amazing to me, sweetheart, is, is how so many of these stories remind me of my own life. I mean, one encounter with the supernatural power of God and your life can be changed forever. I went from being in a wheelchair, addicted to prescription drugs, and at 28 years old, 23 doctors gave up on me and said I would be like that the rest of my life. But I met Jesus, and then I met Dr. Christian Harfouche in International Miracle Institute, and I am the first student of IMI. You need to go to the phones right now and become one of our 400,000 miracle workers. And join us again next time for more happy endings and new beginnings. You know, it's awesome. It's just wonderful what, what IMI is just doing. This is phenomenal.